and welcome to episode eight of Between Sermons, where we're continuing the conversation from Sunday. And uh, today is a special treat because uh, we got to have a panel discussion for our sermon on Sunday uh, with several individuals, but I got to bring one of them back, uh, Pastor Jason Parks, in the Between Sermons chair. Finally, it took us eight episodes for me to have a conversation with you let's go well, we, is, we talk all amazing. the time though so it, it doesn't that, seem like honestly that that's why i've needed you on on the podcast because we we have podcast level conversations all the time we do life together actually this is this is fairly accurate yeah. but i get it it's good to have these types of conversations <laughs> to share with the world yes exactly okay so uh here's here's what we're doing we're starting a brand new series uh at our church uh and like we always say you don't have to listen to the sunday sermon to get something out of this podcast uh if you do want to check out that message uh, i really do highly recommend it a really cool panel you can get links to uh, both services because we actually did different questions at our nine o'clock service and our 11 o'clock those will be in the show notes um but uh we are talking about faith uh, Monday through Friday and Saturday too. So the, the idea behind this is what does faith at work look like? Uh, and so even though I introduce you as Pastor Jason Parks, you are uh, a bivocational pastor, Yes. Uh, which means you work for the church. Yep. We do pay you, kind of. Kind of. Um, and then you have a real job uh, that pays for the Tesla. Right. Uh, oh, wow. And I, I, I had to. There. I okay. mean, I'm, That's fine. I'm jealous. So jealousy Don't. has to be expressed in some way. Yes, he's driving a Tesla to church now. It means nothing. Uh, we have no Tesla chargers at the church, though. So hope you can get home. Uh, <laughs> hope you hope you came on a full charge. Uh, it's hot out there. So good luck. Welcome to our relationship. <laughs> this type of banter happens all the time. Yeah, this is this is why we needed to do the podcast <laughs> together. Uh, but yeah, explain a little bit about the other half of your life. Yeah. Um, so. Over the last 11 years, I've worked for one company, primarily within like sales and trading. And so it's an investment bank with a desk that sells or trades stocks and bonds and a plethora of other okay. things. Over the last year, um, I moved into the role of chief of staff, which is totally different than what I was doing before. Um, total, total guy thing, but as chief of staff, I'm kind of like a Swiss army knife. Yeah. where the C CEO can use me in any capacity that is needed, special projects outside of the company, inside of the company, working with staff, working with clients, anything and everything. He just kind of deploys me to, to work on it. So that I is, love it. that's been the last year or so. What's awesome about that is that in the church world, we have a parallel. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this, Jason. I'm not. Uh, it's, it's called the executive pastor. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we actually have a job opening at CLC for the executive pastor of ministries. We have an executive pastor of operations. He's an amazing man. He's on the Absolutely. podcast a lot, Carlton. Absolutely. Great guy. Uh, but there is this kind of other half. So uh, I'm just I'm just saying, you know, well, you know, it's to, out there to that. I will say one of the things I believe <laughs> is that um, I've learned a lot about the pastor side and I'm learning a lot more about the executive side. So I just think God has me in the oven for a little bit, baking okay. me and making me okay. ready to be someone's executive pastor. Uh -huh. Just don't stay in the oven so long you get burned. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. So uh, here, here we go. We're going to jump in. So uh, yeah. on Sunday in the message, uh, we did give people an opportunity to text in some some questions. Yep. And we've got, we got a handful of questions. Now, uh, I'll say some of these are very directed. At, uh, in our panel, we had a, a medical doctor. We had a school teacher. Uh, and, and some of these questions are directed towards the medical field, towards the teaching uh, field, which neither of us have any 
any right to even <laughs> speak into those things. Uh, and so we're going to do that anyways. Um, and so, but, but we'll kind of get into the, the questions. Uh, so I, I want to answer the questions that people sent in. Yep. Uh, I'd, I'd love to just kind of get a little bit more from your perspective. Yeah. Uh, I know in, in the panel you tried to reserve your words to give others an opportunity, but now it's just, it's just you and me. Okay. Man. All right. uh, and then uh, there, there's a verse that I had already been planning on talking about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, about us being salt and light. And then I heard somebody talk about a different aspect of it yeah. that just kind of shook me. Uh, and I want to, I want to kind of dialogue on let's, that. Let's get into let's it. Kind of lay it out there. Yeah. All right. So question number one that came in is how do we respond if someone continues to challenge us despite you're trying to talk about it offline? Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically in the, in the uh, discussion we had uh, on Sunday, uh, we, uh, Moy, uh, Pastor Moy, talked about how uh, there was a, uh, another employee that tried to goad him into a, kind of a, a confrontation, and he opted out. He mm-hmm. was like, hey, you know, it sounds like you have some serious questions about that. I would love to dialogue about that with you privately. person accepted it, was very gracious. Mm-hmm. What happens when the person does not accept that, is mm-hmm. not so gracious? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about when Jesus was poked and goaded and he says, you know, I'm not even going to say any, what you have said is right. I'm just going to kind of not even talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. In the situations where he could have and he didn't. Yeah. In the in times when we know there is malice or negative intention, that's really when we have to be the most disciplined. Ooh. that's I mean, it's not actually when it's like easy. It's yeah. discipline comes in when we know the ego is starting to, and, and you want to defend yourself, um, and we just have to really lean in on, okay, like what's going on here? And ask really in moments of internal prayer, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I would say most times it's baiting you into a situation where God yep. won't get any glory, Yep. but you might yep. for the moment. Yeah, you'll feel good about it. You'll feel good, but it won't be a situation where yeah. God gets glory. So, you know, for me, when that has happened, that was when I was the most disciplined in not yeah. listening to myself because there's nothing God's going to get out of that. However, there are situations where, okay, um, it, it, and I want to separate these moments. If it's moments, especially if it's publicly, that's especially when you have to be disciplined. It's yep. in front of others. 100%. If it's private, there may be an opportunity where, the offense is really just them fighting something that you can bring wisdom to and God yeah. can give your word. So I, I, I want to, and, and always maintaining that, that like calmness, Correct. In the, you know, right. when, when you get heated, they get heated right. and it just, it spirals out of control. There's, there's a really cool natural representation of this, uh, in, in something that I can speak to more. And that is in marriage, Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, have you ever been at a place where it's like, I won the argument against my wife, right. which means I lost. Right. Right. And that, that's the thing. Like you, you can win the argument and lose the person. 100%. And I think a lot of times the, when somebody is just refusing to, to take it offline, I think you just got to stick to your guns and just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not going to go there. Right. It's just not worth it for me. Hey, I love you too much. I, I don't want to, I don't right. want to go down that road. I actually think those are the time that you build the most trust with people as well, yeah. because then they can so. predict like, okay, wow, he actually has a limit. Yeah. Or she won't go past that. And and people begin to see and frame you in that way. And that's that's actually what we want to be framed as someone that yeah. has um, self-control, 
and temperance in those like moments. It. So I think those are excellent opportunities rather than yeah. obstacles. Uh, not easy opportunities, though. Mm, not easy none of all. that is fun to do. Not at all. <laughs> it, but, you know, and that's when we really have to rely on the Lord. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit because we have to operate not in our own self-interest, but considering yeah. someone else um, better and higher than ourselves yeah. and seeing them the way Jesus would see them if he was in that situation. Yeah. I think it plays into a word that uh, I don't think we use a lot in normal conversation, but the Bible talks about it a lot, and that's meekness. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I think that that's the approach. When you have this meekness where it's like, hey, look, I, I can be – you can talk about me all you want. Like, it's, it's not going to phase me. Right. I'm not going to get upset about it. I'm not going to fight you on this. Like, I'm just going to stay calm. Right. And when you can get to a place where you can operate that way – now, for some people, that's going to be a lot easier than than for others. Right. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll say there, there's always hope. Uh, honestly, when when I was in high school, my uh, I think we talked about this last last week on the podcast. Actually, my nickname was Smiley. It was uh, it was one of those like, have you ever met somebody that's like six foot six and his nickname was Shorty? Yep. It's one of those. Oh, okay. The like it was the, the opposite okay, gotcha. of the truth. So my nickname was Smiley because I, I just walked around with a chip on my shoulder. And it was a football thing, but it actually it played out in school mm -hmm. too. Like I, I was the first one to get into a fight. I was the first one to get angry, lose my temper. And honestly, I had to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of Holy Spirit work that, you, look, when we talk about I'm a new creation, like yeah. that's an area of my life where like it, it, it almost makes me laugh now. Like looking back, like how angry I was and how little anger plays into my life now. And like the reality is God did a work. And so, if, yeah. So what's interesting about that is when I think of these kind of job conflicts, home, wherever, even within certain personal relationships, that you should expect to be pushed in the area that you're working on. Mm. You should almost It's expect. like praying for patience. You, exactly. <laughs> How do you think patience happens other than coming up against something that's going to try yeah. to gnaw on it, right? Yeah. And so that's why, and I'm doubling down on this, that's why it's even more important to listen to the Holy Spirit and to just create that line and say, I'm not going to, especially if it's an area where you yeah. know you've been working. What I hear a lot and what I have to deal with internally is, they, if if they do this, if they, I'm going, yep. right? So yep. we almost are predicting, but we but we also know that's what you've been praying about in terms yep. of um, the Holy Spirit kind of um, making you better, working on your character. So you, you, you have to even prepare yeah. that, okay, if they keep pushing, Lord, I'm relying on you, but I am prepared yep. to do it your way. You yep. don't have to help me. Yep. And I've, I've had those, you're going to have to help me yep. because you almost, always, you almost know it's going to happen. You st we still have an enemy. Yeah. We still 100%. have an adversary who does not want us to come to maturity in Christ. Yep. So um, it's just, I hear so much people getting ready for the yep. fight, getting ready. No, yep. that's when you have to double down and yep. say, I'm not going to do it. And here's the thing, just change the narrative. Like you can still get ready. It's just now it, it becomes, man, if they say this. Right. I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit right. just moves in their life. I'm, you know, when they come at, I'm just going to pray that God blesses them. <laughs> like, like, still prepare. Still, still like, you're hey, still, look, yeah, yeah, 100%. You're just, you're just changing the narrative. You're not preparing to one-up them. No, you, please. You're going humble. I thought you were going to say praying the Spirit in front of them. Like, you start going in, like, whoa. Start okay. quoting scripture. <laughs> Knock out their teeth, oh God. <laughs> okay. No, we're not going there. All right, next question. I love this. This is awesome. Uh, how do we remain content in the workplace while we see others being promoted 
around us, even though we continue to trust in the Lord. You, I mean, you kind of shared your personal yeah. experience with that. Yeah. I, I mean, I've worked for a while under um, this knowledge. I think it was common knowledge to everyone except for me Oof. that people were getting paid differently than I was. And I was the only way getting paid a certain way, which was less than everyone else. And uh, <laughs> that doesn't feel good. I remember one day uh, I was talking to someone on the team that was more in an administrative role. Um, and I was a salesperson and um, the person was discussing their annual bonus and it was like far bigger than mine. And I was like, and they were just, wait being, a minute, they were being cavalier about it and they were throwing out numbers. And I was like, Oh, you, you, you got a bonus. What, like, what is that about? Right. Um, and I just remember feeling like, okay, what do I do with this? Okay. Whose office do I go? And and I kid you not, like the peace of God came upon me, like it's going to be OK. This is this is not about yeah. you. Right. It is unfair. It is not just. Yeah. Um, and so what what I had to do in that situation, I began to pray about it and I began to ask God, like, really, what's going on here? Um, and you know what really happened? My perspective around it changed. It's beautiful. And Talk about that. Yeah. God began to show me how he was giving me favor that wasn't monetary. So I was fussing about money and that there were rooms I was in that I wasn't qualified to be in. There were relationships that I had with people that I didn't fight and be political around. Yeah, yeah. Um, even keeping my job when other people were losing their job. And so it went out from being about money or whatever the one thing was yeah. to how God said, let me show you how I have preserved you yeah. overall. This money thing is an easy thing yeah. and I can always make that up in the end. And so yeah. the process began with truly seeking God and asking the hard question, like, why am I being treated like this? Yeah. And then him changing my perspective. I could not control the environment. Yep. And I had to, that was difficult for me to realize. I could not control that. I could advocate for myself because yep. no one else was. And then at the end of the day, I had to sit and wait yeah. and wonder. But the way you deal with it really is it has to start with the foundation that we should be dealing with all of our issues. Okay, God, here's a moment of honesty. And that's you see that in all the Psalms. Like all the Psalms, you just see these transparent, yep. honest um vulnerable moments we we are to have those same moments and so how i dealt with it was starting there and in various situations it was either a conversation i had or a conversation that i didn't have that i wanted to have yeah. um and then at the end of the day when i received this this last promotion so many people wondered like how did this happen to you and god gave yeah, me because you you jumped a couple rungs i jumped a lot of rungs and it was such a God thing. And and um, I, I literally went, you know, from being one of many salespeople to a one of one. We've never had a chief of staff at our company. Um, there is no other. Like, I, I'm just the only one and the only other person um, in terms of kind of my area as a, a chief operating officer. Mm -hmm. um, and we we kind of complement each other. But people were like, where did you come from? Like, how did you do this? And they thought it was something 
political and all. Mm -hmm. No, it was God saying, yeah. see? It's favor. Just just wait for the right time. Just wait to the right. I'll fight this battle yeah. for you. And he gave yeah. me favor um, yep. that I could not get with the conversation with HR. Yeah. I love that that statement right there that it, he was fighting the battle like it, yeah. it was his like we see that in scripture over and over again and you want to talk about injustice I mean uh, look at Joseph's life was yeah. there there's a lot of injustice happening there look at 100. David's life like he's anointed as king and then he's getting spears thrown at him 100 um, and so man we, we got to trust God in the process we we can be responsible for our work right we can be responsible for our response yep okay how okay the, I'm I'm doing the job very well. I'm not being recognized for it, but right. I'm still going to show up. I'm still right. going to come early. I'm still going to stay late. I'm still going to work hard. I'm still going to I'm going to I'm going to operate in excellence so that when they look at me, they're like, "Hey, at least he's working hard." Yeah. yeah. Right? The the one thing that's out of your control is the results. Right. And and that's what you have to be okay with. Right. And and there's some there's some spiritual sides to this. There's some natural sides to it too. Like on the spiritual side, you pray, you ask God, "Hey, right. um, you know, I'm I'm feeling injustice here. You know, help give me wisdom." you know, help me navigate this. There's some natural things. It, it may be for somebody listening to this, it may be time that you have a hard conversation with yep. your boss. Yep. It may be a time where it's time for you to change fields. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I read all the time about people that, that, that will say like the, the best pay raise you can get is working for a different company because yep. a new hire gets started higher than, yep. than just a, a minor promotion. And so just, just finding some of the, the natural wisdom for, okay, I'm being overlooked. I'm not getting the promotion that I feel I deserve. Now, first of all, you got to know, do you really deserve it? Yeah. Because sometimes we, we think we earn things or we deserve things that, no, it's like, you showed up, you, you did the job, thank you. <laughs> continue doing that. I'm going to continue paying you. Um, but but being able to, if, if you're truly like, hey, I'm being overlooked, like in your case, like it's clearly I'm being compensated differently than everybody else. This isn't right. Okay. What's the wisdom? Okay. Right. Because right. you had two paths you could have taken. The natural side could have been make a huff to HR, yep. talk to your boss about it, look for yep. a new company. The spiritual side was, God, what do you want me to do in yep. this? And he said, sit down. Yep. And and let me speak to that natural side because I think you hit on a very important po point. Also, afterwards, I did. T I had to take an inventory on how I was presenting myself from a business standpoint in that environment. Yeah. You know, um, was I taking opportunities to develop the skills that I, I, I was supposed to have, right? Mm -hmm. Did I take opportunity to develop better relationships with coworkers and other, and bosses, and, and maybe not my boss, but folks that were in power in, in other areas, right? Mm -hmm. am, I, am I doing that? The honest truth was no. I, there were parts of me just that wanted it to happen to yeah. me. I just yeah. wanted to be recognized. Um, but I did not put my way myself in the way to be recognized in a good way. Uh, again, I'm the, I'm not a political person. Sure. I don't deal with having a lying scheme. I don't believe in that at all. Mm -hmm. But I believe that. Okay, Scripture says, okay, our gifts make room for us, mm -hmm. and it puts us before great men. Yep. Now it's up to us to do something when we get yep. before the great men. Yep. Like it. That's on us. Yeah. You get that opportunity and you show up late. God has done the hard work. By, he opened the door. He's He's done the hard work by opening doors, putting our names in people's minds, and they're yeah. trying to figure out. And if we show up not being fully who we're supposed to be, who we're made yep. to be, then, okay, you're probably not going to be um, recognized. So I think from a practical standpoint, we have to look at 
am I fully maximizing this opportunity? Am I showing up completely as who God has made me to be? And there may be an assignment in that space that I have not completed. Yep. And once I complete that, then it's time to move on, um, find another job or what have you. So a lot of a lot of times God is going to say, well, hold on. You're trying to control all of that. Let me let me deal with you. Yep. And it just may be about, you know, re, you know, getting your resume ready or working on skills yep. um, or inviting opportunities that you would pass up. Like when somebody asks you to lunch, you're like, nah, I just want to go to my desk. And, you know, yep. so you an opportunity. there's there's both sides of that. Absolutely. I love it. All right. Question number three. How do you learn to hear from the Holy Spirit to even allow the Holy Spirit to guide our actions in the workplace? Yeah, that's a day to day, a daily reading the word. So for me, the Holy Spirit will never conflict or contradict the written word. The written word is. is, Let me just correct. You said for you that that's for all of mankind. That's for all of for you as well. For all of us. Yes. Holy Spirit will never contradict the written word. So if I'm trying to get closer to him, let me start with the revelation of the written word. And it gives me an understanding of, okay, how does, what, what is the character of God like? How was Jesus, right? Where did the Holy Spirit work and operate in the earth? It gives me a framework to kind of know that voice in terms of direction. And then what I started to do, and, I, I, and this may sound silly, when I thought it was the Holy Spirit and it seemed right, I would just do it. Because I believe that God is so powerful. If I make a mistake, he can correct it. Yep. Even if, if I was a little off, he can say, all right, you know, there'll be some corrective measure involved. Yep. So it is a daily walk, reading the word, understanding and seeing how God has operated over thousands of years in the written word. And then saying, OK, let me listen for that same word. And, and for me, as I was when I was younger, it would be in times when the scripture will come back to me. So whatever I read, then will come back and it's like, oh, okay. And it will be an application in that moment. Yep. And so that's how over time I have learned how to um, lean and, and learn the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then there are times it's not audible. I don't, I don't, it's not some thunderous voice. It is just a gentle nudge, it's a gentle yep. direction. And I've learned it just by trust, just like any other relationship you trust yep. and you try and if you mess up i'm sorry i'm gonna try it again yep the, the bible says that my sheep uh know my voice yeah like and and you get to know that voice read your bible yeah read your bible 100%. read your bible read your bible it the, there is nothing that that god's going to communicate to you that doesn't have grounding or 100%. or or some kind of connection to his word there's another passage that, that this this really affected me when i was a like, younger that says that when it talks about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does, one of its jobs is to remind us yeah. of all of the teachings. Yep. The problem there is you can't be reminded of something you never read in the first place. Yeah. And so a lot of times we're like, I- I'm in a situation, let me go find a verse. When really we need to be getting the verses right. in us, the, the Bible in us on a regular basis. You may read something and you're like, this doesn't even apply to my life right now. I don't care. Yeah. Hold on to it because there's going to come a time when you're you're going through something and then it's like, man, I read three weeks ago yep. this verse and it's it's what I need right in this moment. But, he, yeah. I've learned also by default, okay, the Holy Spirit will never cause you to sin. So if you're if you're thinking <laughs> yeah. something 
and it will cause you to be so angry that it, yeah. it's leading to sin or it will cause you to do do something that you know something in you saying i don't think i should do it that's not the holy spirit yeah. He, he will never cause you to go beyond. I really feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me to cheat on my taxes. Yeah, I mean, he no, wants not. me to be rich. No, he's not. Nah, no, no, that nope. ain't. Mm. Mm. Nope. Nah. So, it, again, I think when you are a younger believer or you're new to the faith and you're really learning, it's creating a structure where it, it, has, to, it has to start with the word. It has yeah. to. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no way around that. And I guarantee you, as you begin to seek God through his word, that word will just begin to embed in your heart and you'll be directed. I love it. It's beautiful. All right. We're going to jump into some stuff we're totally not qualified to jump into. Yep. Um, so first question is uh, about education. And this one, actually, I think we can we can talk about because mm-hmm. uh, this person is asking specifically about, um, you know, when you're in education field, when you're out of school um, and you, you recognize that there's another teacher or several other teachers that are also believers, uh, do you do you have some kind of connection to them? Do you, yeah. do you try and get together for prayer, even though you know there's separation of church and state and all this? You know, do you say, okay, you're a believer, I'm a believer, let's get together to pray before school, or hey, let's on our lunch break, let's listen to some worship music, or hey, we're going to start a Bible study uh, after hours. Yeah. You know, what is what is navigating Christian relationships? in a workplace, you, you may not go to the same church, mm-hmm. may not mm-hmm. even be from the same denomination, but it's like, I'm a believer, they're a believer. Should we, and how do we build relationship there? 100% you build relationships, you find community at work. Um, that to me is the providence of God at work, mm-hmm. creating that community for you to lean into. Um, I, I remember I used to just go back and forth about that. And what started to happen is you know, if you're you're a believer, you use certain words and terminology, especially if you come from, you know, maybe a charismatic church or something. And I just started noticing more and yeah. more, like, okay, they use that word. That was a churchy word yeah. right there. That was, you know, that was King James version. I heard King <laughs> James, and so um, we started a Bible study, and it was just two of us, me and another guy, and then that began to expand, and we just created these pockets of moments, you know, just 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, going to lunch, grabbing something yep. where we can encourage each other. Yeah. Um, biblically, I think, and, and I've just really been focusing in on, on Daniel and Nehemiah, when the decree came in, in Daniel, I think it's like the first or second chapter, the Bible says that Daniel, because they had to interpret um, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, mm-hmm. the Bible says that Daniel went and found the three Hebrew boys I was like, Hey, this is going down. <laughs> it was, listen, we need to do something because he's going to get rid of all of the, the wise men. He's going to get rid of everybody. We need to pray about this. And so Daniel came up with the interpretation, but he went to his community first. Yep. That's, that's the first place he went. Yep. Um, and so to me, that's a, that's what it looks like, especially on the job. They are great it's, it's great when we can get together and celebrate promotions and all of that. Mm-hmm. It is critical when we when there's something going on. You may be the the wall, the the salt. You may be what's keeping that place together. And so you get with the other believers, yeah. and you can um, find an opportunity to pray together. And that's just going to look like what's possible. Um, right. You, you know, it's not always have a thirty minute Bible study, 
Sometimes it's just walking together. Sometimes yeah. it's prayer. Whatever it is, you find that environment where you all can can share. Um, and that Bible study didn't that, that I had with that guy and then expanded. It didn't last a long time, but then it led to some other opportunities where, like, there was something that happened with a coworker. Their um, family member was sick, you know, just a family member, and they came and got me because they yeah. knew that we were having a, a Bible study, and I was able to pray with. Folks that I didn't even, I don't know yeah. what their faith walk was like before that moment. Yeah. But there I was, I came into a room full of people and they were asking me to pray for the co-workers family member. That's awesome. And so we, we start with, okay, doing it in a small way, finding other believers and you never know how that um, can lead to opportunities for God to get glory on our job. Yeah. I love it. Um, this is going to sound weird for the pastor to say, but from the, from the natural side of this though, uh, the caution is don't do it on company time. Like it, 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 you need yeah. to be a positive example of work ethic in a right. Christian. And so if it becomes like, you know, you're reading your Bible at your desk when you're supposed to be, you know, putting together a spreadsheet right. or something, it's like, Hey, come on now. Yeah. Um, I'm all for reading your Bible. Please read your Bible. Uh, but Company time should be about company time. One hundred percent, and that's and that's the way we need to show up as believers. Yeah, is not having the Bible study is you know we're going to show these folks up here we're believers right. by having no actually it's the excellence in which we operate it's yeah. the consistency in which we operate yeah. uh, that people know that we're believers and they can they can then begin to say okay there's something different about you because we operate differently yeah. it's our response and reactions to people when things are tough. Yeah. And I think that's when you actually know right then and there. So no, we, we don't go into <laughs> the Bible study during, you know, y'all don't bother me. I'm going into prayer. You know, this, this is Holy week. Yeah, yeah. So I can't work as much as I want to work because yeah. it's Holy. Week. No, actually yeah. uh, we're, even if we're fasting, yeah. we're not supposed to let people know that we're fasting. Yep. Right. Jesus said, wash your face, get yourself together. Yep. It's not about showing and getting our glory from other people. Yep. Um, and so I thank you for bringing that up because some folks use this Christian thing. Yep. As, it's like a coat. We just put it on and it's a big puffy coat and it's yep. a coat of many colors. Okay, that's a Joseph recipe. Anyway, <laughs> but it's not meant for us to yep. be peacocks in the workplace. Right. Here's another way to look at it, and I'm jumping the gun. We're, we're yeah. going to get into the Matthew passage about being salt and light. Man. Flashlights are great, not when you shine in somebody's eyes. 100%. And that's when we're supposed to be the light. I think that there's some Christians that just go around blasting the, you know, the, the strongest halogen bulb they can right. get right. right into people's eyes. And it's like, look, man, calm down. Like, I didn't need all of that. Yeah, that, that was too much. Like, right. the flashlight's great. It illuminates my path. Don't shine in my eyes. Like, keep it out of my eyes. Are you saying Christians can be offensive in the workplace? Absolutely, 100%. Not just in the workplace. They can just be offensive <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Have you been on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram? No? You're going to do this? Really? You're going to? All right. Gonna... Anyways, uh, that was a great answer. We'll move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was that was the education question. You ready to become a doctor? Let's try it. All right. I slept in the Holiday Inn. Yes, no. What is it? Howard Johnson. What is it? The guy who slept in the hotel and know, he man. knows how to do stuff. Never mind. Oh, commercial. Uh, Go ahead. You're older than me by like two years or something. Um, uh, for the doctor, this is this is a question for Doctor Akintorin. And I'm for for these medical questions. I am going to ask Doctor Akintorin yeah. to weigh in, and we'll text you her response uh, for the person that actually asked this. But in a medical environment, uh, the faith is in the medicine and the medical treatment. 
How do you reconcile the challenges of that in a non-Christian, highly intellectual environment? So, uh, and I think that that, you could even talk about that in the financial district. The faith is in the money. Yep. Okay, so how do you navigate that um, as a Christian? Yeah, I think it's not about being loud, right, Mm -hmm. and forcing the issue. I think you are consistent in demonstrating where your faith is and being the voice in situations where there may be, you know, too much faith in money in, in my case. But let me also add that I believe that God can use a saved believer, spirit filled, focused, powerful believer as a surgeon. Yeah. Who can give you, who can pray for you and help you through cancer and, and make the right recommendations for you. And I think as believers, we have used miracles as the starting point for how God heals. Like that is, he can only heal by starting miracles. point, end point, middle end point. point, everything. Right. Yeah. If, if it's not a miraculous healing, God ain't in it. Yeah. And I think that's furthest from the truth. Absolutely. I believe God has inspired believers, gifted believers in every industry working at different levels. Yep. Um, and I, since we're talking about medicine, um, one of our friends, our family friends, um, um, Dr. Kanisha Bryant, is a very skilled, accomplished uh, sh- surgeon mm-hmm. who deals with like breast cancer and things of that nature. I know she's in there praying for people. I know that she's giving insight both on the medicine, the natural and the spiritual side. And so in environments where there may be this conflict, I believe that we can be the voice when God is saying, hey, there there might be something missing here, be that voice. But we also have to recognize that God has placed his people across the board in various industries and various capacities with within education, medicine, it doesn't matter, even yep. in finance, that are going to do it his way yep. using whatever tools that they have available to them. So yep. I, I think we can balance that. We don't have to always think it's, if it's not a miracle, if he doesn't do it this way, it ain't God. He ain't in it. Well, okay. He might actually have someone in place. Yep. The, the miracle may have happened, you know, 50 years before you ever faced that situation right. when God woke somebody up in the middle of the night and said, hey, Here's an idea for right. how to deal with that issue. 100%. 100%. I think, so I'll use Nehemiah as an example. Nehemiah was the answer to getting the, the, the wall rebuilt. Right. He was placed in a position to where he can go to his boss and say, can I get some yep. stuff? Because I need to go do this. Yep. Right. And so God has placed people in uh, places of influence um, that can get the job done by other means other yep. than the, the wall being constructed on his own by an angel coming down. And, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Right. Like, he, yeah. could, have, could God have rebuilt the wall himself? Sure. sure. I mean, he can do whatever. They Maybe they walked in reverse seven times and <laughs> played trumpets and the wall went up. Was that a, was that a Jericho joke? <laughs> that was a Jericho. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> he could have done it like that. Yeah. But he chose to use a man who was a cupbearer to, that had favor yep. to bring resources, natural resources, yeah. to do something that benefited God's kingdom. Yeah, it's beautiful. Hey man, I just I love those types of narratives. It just yeah. gives so much insight. And well, and we and we see that in in the Bible all the time. You know, yeah. like jo- Joseph's story. Like, you know, he ends up 
in a prison because he had ended up as a slave because he had ended up in a pit. Right. Like sometimes you just got to, okay, trust God in this process. Right. Be where you're supposed to be at the right time to do the right thing. Uh, and, and God delivered his own people through all of that, that stuff. Now, could God have saved his people by providing food for them from heaven? Sure. Sure. He literally did that in several other cases. This is how he chose to work the miracle this time was through one guy being in the right place at the right time. You know, what's interesting is a lot of times believers are more restrictive on God than (laughs) non-believers are on their resources. Yeah, yeah. They, believers have tried to box God in in terms of how he executes things. Yep. And he told us, like, you know, I think differently than you all. Yep. Actually, the way I do things is way above yep. how you do things. But we restrict him to only yep. one way, which is usually whatever's convenient for us. Yep. But I found even, you know, in finance, when I get into a room with um, who I would assume are non-believers and they're trying to work through a problem, Anything and everything is on the table. Yep. And they will yeah. and they will say whatever, however we need to get there as long as we get this problem solved. Yep. And they, they solve huge problems. And I think we could learn from that in which we stop boxing God in yep. and do not forget he is the he is a creator. He is the creative yep. God. Yep. Which means he can start from nothing and make something happen. But we think it's gotta be if if it doesn't look this way, uh, yep. you know, he's not gonna do it. Man. We, we could talk about this for a while. Yeah, I'm just, I'm trying, we don't want to make it a two-hour All right, we got, we, got, we got one more question. Um, this, is, this is the one that we're totally not, we should not be the ones answering this question. Let's do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> right? Because why not? Uh, so this is somebody that works in a hospital, actually managing uh, nurses and administrators. Um, and uh, lately, they're faced with caring for patients that are seeking Uh, gender transition medical services Mm. or women who are seeking abortions and i've encountered staff that are conflicted in their beliefs how do you approach teaching staff to show mercy and grace even when staff feel that they are dishonoring god if they assist these patients that is a very like that's a complicated question in a very specific area of of being in the medical profession. Mm. I think how you and I can approach this and we'll get Dr. Atkinson's take on yeah. this cuz she actually manages people too. <laughs> She's the the chair of her department. Right. Um but from a non-medical standpoint like if somebody is like look, my job requires me mm-hmm. to do something that I view as dishonoring God. What advice do you give that person? And my guess is it's not the advice they're going to want to hear. You have to take a honest look as if you're supposed to be there. Yeah, that's that's what nobody wanted to hear, but it's the truth. It It is quite possible that it's time for you to look at other opportunities for you. Yep. And again, I always start with God. Okay, let me do a check-in with God because, you know, I, I have. I won't put it on anyone else. I have put myself in situations where, okay, I'm dealing with the conflict of something and, oh, I'm, you know, I'm being persecuted. Actually, no, you walked right into <laughs> yeah. that. You didn't even, you yeah. didn't ask, you didn't, you just wanted something. Yep. And now you're in this predicament. Um, and so, okay, maybe it's time to let that go. And so it is quite possible that it is time for you to look for what's next for you. Um, and that has to be a consideration. If someone's personal conscience is being shaken by this, I mean, of course, as a, a body of believers, you can pray with them, you know, seek God together and figure that out. Um, like, okay, it might be time for you to go. 
Now you can do that, you know, in a smart way. Make sure you have another job. We're not, please don't go. Listen, I'm not telling you to go quit your job tomorrow because you disagree with something. But I am saying check in with God because it might be time for for a transition. Yeah, That's we're not saying it, but God might be. God might be. Might be. And and if He is saying that He has an answer to that problem because yep. you do have to take care of yourself, your family, et cetera. He has an answer. And that's why we start with his direction. We start with, okay, what are open doors that may be open? Like you have to get very, yeah. um, very clear and to see, okay, is God opening up a door here for me or someone else, yeah. somewhere else? Um, but I have, I have seen it two ways. I have seen it where the individual was conflicted and it was time for them to go. And it was a hard decision. They went. And the later was better. Mm-hmm. I have seen it to where it was time for them to not go. But they thought it was. They thought it was. And they had to go back and be the representative of Christ in that space. Mm. They It was on them to help. And to heal, it was on them. I love what you just said there, and I uh, don't mean to cut you no, off, so you please. got more, but said the representative, not a representative. No. And I think that there's some people that are listening to this that are like, but I'm the only Christian in the office. Like, I've checked, and I'm the, I'm the only believer in the entire company, and I need out. And to me, it's like, and we're going to get into this now, but uh, if we're supposed to be light, yeah then if you're the only light in that company, then basically what you're saying is I'm okay walking out of the room and turning the light switch off right? and letting them stay in their darkness. I'm going to just let things just yeah. go however it's going to go, and I'm taking my Jesus with me. That's it. And we have to be honest. Like, we're leaving people, uh, and, and, you know, I hate to do this, but that puts us, you know, with the, the parable of the Samaritan, when we see a broken place or a broken person, are we passing them by? Oof. Do we have compassion? Do we have the compassion? And I'm not and I'm not trying to diminish how difficult it is to be in a contrary space. Oh yeah. But are we passing this by because it's uncomfortable for us rather than what God yeah. can get glory out of? We have a lot of examples biblically that show that Hey, uh, you know, Daniel, who he worked for, the Hebrew boys, who they worked mm-hmm. for, Nehemiah, who he worked for, Joseph, who they, who he worked for. They weren't great people. Mm-mm. They weren't great environments. Nope. And we love, we love looking at the New Testament when the body of believers was together. Uh-huh. And like, yeah. that's not every day. I mean, that was every day for them. That's not every day for the rest of us. Yeah. We're going to be environments where we are the light in that yeah. space so we well and there was careful. times when the disciples i mean there's times when paul's the only one in the prison cell like i mean there's there's 100%. isolation that that happens and it's what do you do with it yeah so that's a question we are totally not qualified to answer no, but, but uh, i will say that if if you're really having strong convictions yeah. that what your job requires of you to do is a conflict with your beliefs i personally i wouldn't I wouldn't be comfortable collecting that paycheck right? knowing that I'm compromising my faith. Right. Uh, and, Agreed. and what that looks like for, for people is, is going to be, that's a very complicated conversation. Right. But if, if I'm feeling conviction of the Holy spirit, that what I'm being asked to do goes against God, I would not feel comfortable continuing to do it. Right. Personally. But 
Well said. I agree. <laughs> I concur. Are you ready for the Bible? Let's I get don't to even the know Bible. how long we've been talking. This is the know. dangerous thing about you and I talking together. This may have already been an hour-long podcast. We'll edit it. It's fine. Um, we'll, we'll get it. No, we, we never edit. Oh, we're anti-editing right sorry. here. This is just, you get, you get the real. My bad. All right, so I want to look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. I'm going to read it for everybody. Um, I think I'm reading this in the NLT probably. Um, but it says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Then he continues, You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Kind of like in a company, and you're the only Christian. Uh, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Mm. And so this, this, is, this is probably one of the, the main go-to passages when we talk about what does it look f like for a Christian to be in the world? Um, not at church, but when you're at work, right. when you're at home, when you're in the neighborhood, and it all comes down to this idea of salt and light, that, that we're called to be salt and light. What are your thoughts on this passage? I stick to the very traditional sense that salt preserves a place. Mm-hmm. It helps food taste better. It's a food enhancer? It's a food enhancer. Mm -hmm. Not too much. You're not supposed to have too much, right? Hey, that, we can talk about that too. Um, light, certainly, when it comes into a dark place, it changes the atmosphere of that place. Mm -hmm. Things that were not visible before are now visible because you brought, trans you, 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 you made things transparent that were dark. Yep. Right. So I, I stick to that and I, be, I operate yeah. that way. I, I keep that in mind. Like, OK, what am I preserving? What am I helping? What am I enhancing? Right. The whole flavor thing. Yep. I'm supposed to be enhancing here. And if I can't do that, I don't want to lose my saltiness or my savor. Mm -hmm. I don't want to I don't want to be like this environment. I'm supposed to be different. Yep. Not, you know, creating enemies. But not being weird for the sake of weird. Not being weird, being distinct, but being able to be here without it being weird, right? Uh, so I stick to what the traditional interpretation of that is. I'm supposed to be light in dark places, and I'm supposed to help enhance and improve. And Jason keeps saying the traditional because I, I started sharing with him before we started <laughs> filming. I heard a non-traditional view of this that we'll get into in a second. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you that, that salt is a preservative, yep. right? So, um, in, and here's the cool thing about it that I did learn is that in, in the Roman culture, uh, soldiers were actually partially paid in salt. Really? Yeah, salt was a valuable commodity for them. And hey, so, uh, like, when, when Jesus says we're the salt of the earth, like, hey, come on now. He's saying oh, you're yeah. valuable, I'm right? Valuable. But it's a preservative. Like, mm -hmm. you, sh you should be preserving God's presence in right. places. Like, if you're not in that company, that company should struggle because right. it, it needs the favor of God right. in it. Uh, it enhances the, the flavoring that, that people are like, man, something different about Jason. Yeah. I just, yeah. man, I'm yeah. around Jason. I just feel better about myself. That's, yeah. that's salt. Right. 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 And and you can tell when a dish doesn't have enough salt. You can also tell when a dish has too much salt. Right. Right. And some Christians just go around dumping handfuls of salt into stuff. Oh. And it's just like, 
it's kind of like that flashlight shining in right. their light. You know, yes, we're supposed to be this light that gives light to everybody. It should be a flashlight that people can use to to, to follow the right path. Yeah. Should be that that beacon that's up on a hill that's like I know where I'm supposed to be going because there's that light or or that lighthouse that's showing light that's showing you know hey here's the danger in the area. Right. Right. We're absolutely supposed to do that. Uh, one thing that that I did study and then the thing that I haven't studied yet. One thing that I did study is I got caught up on this if salt loses its flavor. And so I'm a, I'm a very inquisitive person. I'm curious. Uh, and so I said, well, how does salt lose yeah. its saltiness? How does it lose its flavor? And I discovered that it cannot. Mm. It is, it is uh, physically impossible for salt to no longer mm. be salty uh, because of the chemical compounds that wow. if, if it's not salty, it's not salt essentially. And there's, there's a much more technical way of explaining this, mm. but you know, I'm, I'm a podcaster, <laughs> not a scientist. Uh, but the idea is that salt cannot lose its flavor. So how, wh- what could make this scripture true? Because that, that's when we're reading God's word, like, okay, there's a contradiction. What, what's the contradiction? What's, what's the mm. truth that I'm missing? Uh, and the only way something would be deemed as not salty. And, and this, I did study that, um, the salt cellars would oftentimes mix in sand mm. or other elements into the salt. And so this batch of salt, you, you could have a bag of salt that's really salty, and you could have a bag of salt that's not very salty mm. because it's like 70% sand, not yeah. salt. And so for Christians, and th- this is the part that I did study, and, and I, can, I can back it fully. For Christians, we lose our saltiness when we get too blended in yeah. with the culture. Wow. Uh, and now all of a sudden there's all of this other stuff that – that we've we've been made up of that now the world looks at the christian and the non-christian and is like mm-hmm. same can't tell them apart right they look the same they're watching the same shows listening to the same music wow telling the same jokes cussing out people the same right. way right like lifestyle lifestyle matches that's when a christian has lost its saltiness because he's blended in with culture mm. and that's the danger you know man the the thing about this makes me think about our the reality of we are problem solvers. Mm. We're supposed to be problem solvers. I said that to my son Bennett every single day. Be a problem solver. Yeah, like God puts us in these situations to solve a problem. We're literally talking about salt. The problem is, is that that meal, whatever you're cooking, lacks something in taste. Yep. There is a, a gaping hole there. Um, and so when we begin to forget that, and we start dumping these other things that mm-hmm. just make it convoluted and layered yep. and, and you, you can't tell. We have, we now become part of the problem. Yep. We no longer are enhancing whatever, wherever we've been placed. Yep. Um, but I, I pray that I never forget that. But at, when you're solving a problem, you have to deal with the stress of that problem. Yeah. You have to deal with the, the fact that, hey, it, is, it doesn't feel right here. Guess what? Yeah. That, that that's why you are, you yep. are there. So, we're we, man. You made me think about wow. There are supposed to be problems because I'm the answer to them. God is answering the problem through you, through me. Yep. Or He wants to. Mm. Ooh, that's mm. good. Mm. All right, are you ready for the thing that just really messes with people? And then then we'll, we'll close with this. Cool. Uh, so this is a parallel passage. So it's. We don't, we don't know that it's the exact same conversation, but right. our best guess is it's the same conversation, uh, but recorded by Luke instead of by Matthew, what we read first. So in Luke 14, 34 and 35, 
uh, Jesus says, salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for, and th this is the part that we're, it's going to mess with you. Salt is good, flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And I read that and I was like, well, I have ears. I would like <laughs> to hear and I, I would like to understand mm -hmm. because I don't know what salt has to do mm -hmm. with soil mm -hmm. or with manure because I don't want manure anywhere near my food. <laughs> Uh, okay. yeah. Okay. So I was listening to a guy talk about this verse and he said, uh, the issue is you're not Jewish. And if you were Jewish, you would understand the passage better, mm -hmm. which is actually accurate in like 90% right. of the Bible. Right. Like uh, maybe not quite 90 cause Paul writes a lot to Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Uh, but a lot of passages we miss nuances because we're not Jewish. Right. Um, and so the nuance here that he brought out, and I haven't had a chance to study this, so it, he may be wrong or he may be a liar. I don't know, but it, it he's made a heretic. Me, you don't even know it, man. He's, he's, but it may—that's why I'm not giving <laughs> his name. But it made me stop and think, and it makes me want to do the research. Yeah. But I just saw this yesterday, and so we didn't have time to study beforehand. So flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. In those times, the salt that the Jewish people were using was from the Dead Sea. Uh, which if you haven't been there before it, the salt content is ridiculous to where like you literally float, uh, in, in the sea. Uh, and so they would actually use that salt as fertilizer mm. that there's some, the, and this guy brought out all the science behind it. And again, not a science guy, um, but talked about how the, the levels of nitrogen and different things that were present in this salt made it a useful fertilizer. And so when Jesus says that flavorless salt is not good for the soil, he's talking about people's gardens. Mm. Uh, because in those times, the Jewish people would take a handful of salt and scatter it in the field. Now, I've heard of like salting a field like with regular salt, like ruins the field. Mm. And so this, this is where I'm like, I got to study this because I've heard something contradictory and I got to figure out, okay, is it something specific about this, this salt? Type of salt yeah. um, but it was it, apparently it was used as a part of gardening, as part of fertilizer. Um, and then the manure pile was that, um, in not getting too graphic, but Jewish people, the, the, the bathroom would be like outside of the house, like down, a, down a hill, uh, and there would be a dirt pile and you would go and do your business. And then there would be a bucket of salt and you would take a handful of the salt and scatter it over the area so as to disinfect the mm -hmm. area. So basically what, what Jesus was saying, it was, Hey, look, this parable is not not about, or maybe not just about the fact that salt is an enhancer for food or a preservative, but that salt is actually used as a fertilizer to make good things grow and as a disinfectant to keep bad things from growing. And when you're not the appropriate salt, you no longer have the ability to help things grow that are supposed to grow. And now you no longer have the ability to keep the bad things from corrupting. And that's why... Mm. As Christians, we need to be mm. in the world as salt to fertilize, to enhance, to make the good things grow. Mm. And, and we've seen that. You've seen that in your company where God's blessing on something. Right. 
right? Causes it to grow. But the Christian should also be that disinfectant that, hey, there's some corruption in here, but we're going to clean it out. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because like I, I listened to that and I was just like that. I don't know if that's brilliant or genius or I mean, heresy or just bad or wrong. But by the way, here's here's why. <laughs> like God never it just ceases to amaze me with this word that is alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is this is how like, if people wonder how can you just keep reading the Bible because there are so many yep. layers of truth that you can keep discovering. Yep. And, and then you add onto it application situations, right? So as yep, you yep. maneuver through life, yep. the same scripture speaks to you differently. Yep. Everything that I read <laughs> after becoming a father is oh. different than everything I read before becoming a father. And it just that one dynamic oh. in my life changing changes how I approach scripture. M- marriage. Mm-hmm. Like even, even now. The seasons I, that you're in. All of that, yeah. right? I read this as a believer in the marketplace and it resonates what you're explaining resonates with me in that there are times when i'm used to make things grow and my and my gifts come out as encouragement right it mm-hmm. it comes out in in not necessarily it's joy in situations right it's the right thing at the right time to encourage like it comes out in that season so i'm so i'm in the soil now where things are growing and things getting better and you're there to push a little bit, you can do it. Then in the same place where things aren't as great, the world is saying recession and people are getting laid off and all of that. And then the the perspective of the employees around me, my coworkers are negative. So it's more like manure, it stinks. And here I am to still bring, okay, peace in this situation. you still have a purpose in that. I still have a purpose in that environment where it just stinks. Like there is, yeah. it's it's un, it's unjust. Um, it's not fair. Um, there may be abuse of some sort happening within in the. Okay, now I'm the word. I am the representative. I'm the ambassador of the kingdom of God to come and bring peace in that situation, and and my gifts of wisdom come forth. The Holy Spirit starts giving me ways to solve the problem and turn it around because now we know that manure can also be used as fertilizer as well, right? So yep. how you can turn a stinky, smelly situation into a situation where you're back and it's fertile and something is growing. And so again, as I look at this, it 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 moves me to double down on how important it is for me to remain yep. focused and spirit led so I don't lose yep. my, when, Everything is being complained about. I am the the hope in the yep. room. Yeah, and and uh, honestly, my my takeaway, whether this new interpretation of Luke is accurate or not. First, first of all, I will say, every time I've read Luke here, I'm always like, why is he talking mm-hmm. about manure? Like, mm-hmm. wh- what does that have to do with salt? So th- this was exciting for me because it gave a possible explanation yeah. for a random moment. And I love when you find a random thing in the Bible that has like a powerful, deep purpose to it. Like read a verse about Abraham chasing birds. And I'm like, why is that in the Bible? And then (laughs) God just did all this stuff about protecting your worship and all that. So I love the obscure stuff, but I think the takeaway, regardless of it's the traditional or, or this other way of interpreting it, the, the breakdown is we're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to be 
something that is set apart, yep. that has a purpose, that has a function in the society, but that is not supposed to blend in. Yep. When we play camouflage Christianity, yep. uh, which uh, honestly, that the, the, the hard part for me is as, as a student, as a kid, um, I played camouflage Christianity. Mm-hmm. And like uh, nobody knew. Like I asked you the question in the in the message, like does do the people that you work with yeah. know you're a Christian? Like if you had asked that question of me back in school, like the answer would have been no. Right. Like me too. Nobody knew. Uh, I was really good at hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I read this passage, it it's look the only way you lose your saltiness is if you're just blended in with everything yeah. else. Yeah. And so my my challenge to to Christians when it comes to faith at work is look don't don't shove it in somebody's face. But man, make it obvious. Yep. Make it clear that by the way you talk, by the way you behave, look, and it may be as simple as look, bring an extra Bible and leave it in the office. Like you got a Bible sitting on your desk. You're not telling people to read it with you. You're not shoving it in their face. But look, it's on my desk. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna come to my office and you go, he's a believer. Yeah. Like do do what you have to do so that you don't lose your saltiness. That you don't just get so blended in with the culture of the work environment, or the school, or the hospital, or the the financial company that people look at you and they're like, Jason is just like everybody else yeah. in this office. Um, here's the truth that I've found out, you know, concerning myself and others. If you're truly following the Lord, people know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. when you, because your life is changed. Yeah. And there, um, there are things that you just can't do. And most of the time you're awkward looking anyway, if you try. <laughs> You know, people know yeah. people are perspective or yep. perceptive. Yeah. Um, and so before right before that verse in Luke, you know, Jesus says, listen, you can't be my disciples without, without giving up everything that you own. <laughs> and a lot of times we think that's about stuff. That's really about our ego. That's really about what we hold about all on of it. to. Like it's, everything. It's everything that you own, your reputation. Yep. Um, the title that you have uh, tried to build and, and live into, unless you are really giving up all of that, you won't be my yep. disciples. And when you get to that point where you're like, I'm giving up everything I, I'm, I own to follow Christ and to be a disciple, people know. Mm-hmm. And I assure you, when you live into that, you will have ample opportunities um, to glorify God. When we don't live into that, mm-hmm. We, we actually do more damage than not. How can yep. salt be salt? How can salty be restored? Yep. How can salt be restored? I take that to mean once we go there, once we're once we go over the edge yep. of not being salt, it's hard to win the trust of people yep. back to where we are a believer. Because yep. if your God hasn't been able to change you, how is he going to change me? Because yep. we are the same based yep. on your, you know. And so... Man, this is so rich and deep. I'm holding on to that Luke 14. I'm, I'm going to do some research as well. <laughs> I too. We'll, we'll come back, give you our findings, <laughs> whether this is accurate or not. We hope it is accurate. Yeah. Because it would be, it would suck to come back and say the dude was making it all up. Yeah. It'd be he's interesting, not, though. He's not. But, um, okay, so one last thought. Yeah. Uh, you made a comment um, in, in one of the services. Um because I, I asked a question that technically was a trick question. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked the question. It was our closing question at the 9 o'clock service. Mm-hmm. I said, for people that are, are leaving God at home when they go to work, and the reality is you can't unless yeah. you don't have them to begin with. Right. Because it says that the Holy Spirit now dwells within yeah. us. 
how can you leave a part of yourself behind and go somewhere else? And I love that you you didn't balk at that. Like you you challenged them just point blank. You're like, look, if, if you're in a position where you can leave God behind, you don't have God to begin yeah. with. Yeah. You don't have a relationship. Yeah. You have knowledge, right. information. Yep. You, you know about him. Or you have tradition. Yeah. You know how to go to church. Right. Yep. You know how to clap your hands on beat yeah. and sing the song. Or off beat. It's cool. You know, yeah. we don't we don't discriminate. Come on now. There's some folks in the audience that are off beat. That's true. Um, but no, I it I think God changes our lives. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us or makes us more like Christ over time. Yep. And so if you can compartmentalize, then you have not experienced that true conversion that just every day you just want to be more and more like Christ and you realize how free you are in Christ and how bound you were um, before. So if you can compartmentalize that and it's not in your walk and it's not in your talk, it's not in your habits, you you probably have not had a conversion situation um, with God. You've had an intellectual uh, interaction, which is possible. Yep. Um, but it has not been a heart and um, soul conversion. Yeah. That's why our, our first vision is that you would know God. And we yeah. always say that's not an intellectual knowledge. It's right. a heart knowledge. It's an intimacy yeah. that you would have. And and look, uh, I know that this was a very black and white conversation. I, I get that there's there's different um, levels of that. Sure. Like everybody's on a journey. Sure. And and where you are with God right now may be different than, than where somebody else is. Sure. Uh, my hope, and this is, this is what we always talk about, my hope is that whatever knowledge of God, relationship with God you have today, if we fast forward a, a week, a month, right. a year from now, it'll be greater than it is right now. Yeah. But we're all growing in it. I, yeah, I don't sit, you know, in judgment. It's just when we actually come to the truth of how the gospel changes our lives, yeah. you just Behold, can, you're a new creation. I can use that same I can use that same thought process when it comes to marriage and nobody would disagree. Yeah. When I get married, if I go about my life as if I'm single, yep. people will be like, you're not really, mi-. like yeah. something's missing. Yep. They they would know, yep. you know, if they see me out. 100%. And so it's yeah. it's okay for us to know that there is um, a difference in how we're, we're supposed to approach things, but 100% we are in process. Man, we, we just keep talking because the world does have a way of doing that. They call it an open marriage. Ooh. Yeah. That was a curveball. That was a curveball. Yeah, we're not going to go there. Uh, we don't have time. But we'll, we'll bring it back on. We'll, we'll talk about marriage at some other time uh, or, or something. We have to talk about that next time. All right, the last last 10%. Do you have any advice to somebody? Faith at work, what does that look like? Um, first of all, it is not the loud screaming evangelist with the bullhorn and mm-hmm. a speaker that you pull behind you making everyone, you know, come to the knowledge of Christ through, you know, it's not that. Yep. It is not that. It is operating in such a way where people can see Christ operating in you. And so it starts with you first. It is operating in excellence, working in excellence, keeping love the forefront, considering others more than yourself. Yep. All of these principles that the Bible tells us. And I would just encourage, like, when God, when we get saved, we are spirit-filled and spirit-led. We receive gifts. And using our faith at work allows those gifts to glorify God Beautiful. in a different environment. 
So maybe you're not a pastor like me, right? I can hold a Bible study. It's not about that per se. But maybe you really know that you are an encourager. You, you know that God uses you to say, use it. Lean into that gift. And just have five or six things that you, you know are scriptural and you change. Maybe you don't say, well, this is Luke 12. You know, maybe you don't do that. But use your, use your gift of encouragement. I just, I'm just challenging you and encouraging you that the workplace is where most of the work of the kingdom of God gets done. Come on. Not on Sunday. Yep. Most of the work and the movement of the kingdom of God in this earth is at your job and at my job, all of our workplaces. So don't Amen. miss out on the opportunity for God to get glorified through your gifts, your personality, um, in your workplace. So I'm just I'm just pushing us forward and encouraging us to um, use the workplace as a great place for God to get glory. It's brilliant. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, you probably could. You're that's, really smart. No, guy. that's that's why you drive the Tesla and yeah. I don't. Okay, we're back where we started. Yep. It's a perfect place to end. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for being a part of this episode of Between Sermons. We do have a bonus episode coming to you uh, on this same topic. Uh, I was able to interview uh, Mark McLean, and I can't wait for you to check out that podcast as well, talking about faith at work. Mm -hmm. uh, but be blessed. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next time. See you.